your, uh, turn your mic on. I already did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I guess I'm talking to a professional. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. Yes. I actually, that's, that's actually fair. When I was driving here, I was driving in my directions, like, okay, turn right on this street coming up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. And I got into the lane, and then I actually had to pick up my phone and take a glance at it and be like, Oh, wait, that's right, because I was in the left lane, because I mix them up sometimes. <laughs> so your GPS and is different than your phone? It's like on two separate devices? No, it's on my phone. Oh, you were looking at your phone. Well, I don't have like a little phone stand thing mm. in my car, so I just, I click the phone and then I put it in the cup holder. Right. Or in like the little ashtray thing. The poor man's phone yeah, holder. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then if I need to look at it for some reason, I have to pick it up again mm-hmm. and look at it and be like, oh, and then put it back. Right. You don't have a, a photographic memory. You don't notice like, oh, I've been here once. I can go there again. Or I can, you know, remember like, oh, I've been here before. No, no, no. See, I'm pretty good about that stuff, but... This part of Long Beach doesn't work for me because mm. to get anywhere in this part, you have to go around that giant roundabout. I'll be the roundabout. The words will make you out and out. I'll spend the day away. And. Yes, the traffic circle, I've, yes. Well, I don't. I've dealt with like. Are you like Chevy Chase? Three traffic circles in my life, so they always make me nervous. (laughs) You just keep going around and around and around, and you never actually get off it? You're just stuck in the middle? (laughs) It's like a revolving door, and you're in a car. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And if someone else comes into the revolving door, and you're trying to leave at the wrong moment, you could die. Totally. I like uh, the traffic circle. I wish, like, every intersection was a traffic circle, so you just could just get a move on. You know, like, we're already stuck, like behind so much congestion like get rid of some of these lights no i agree with getting rid of the lights <laughs> i think but i don't think we should do traffic circles hmm. I, we it should just be like catch as catch can like how brave are you feeling today like india or like calcutta yeah where they don't have like lights or traffic right. laws or yeah. anything and everyone's crazy but like not a ton of accidents i'm down i knew a dude named rick shaw <laughs> wait first name rick last name shaw yep oh and he dear. wasn't asian was he white? Yep, he was really white. And oh, uh, it was so funny bringing up like the fact that he didn't know what a rickshaw was. <laughs> really? Yeah. Did he not? It's, okay, how old was this? Was This, this was high school. High school? Yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking. But even then, I would have assumed he would have like saw it in like an Encyclopedia Britannica or something, you know? Even by then, I would have assumed that he'd spent most of his life being made fun of for having that name. Right. Be- and he'd have to like <laughs> figure out, he's like, what is this thing that people are laughing at me about? Should I be called Richard Shaw instead? <laughs> so easy. It'd be so easy. <laughs> yeah. Rich. Go from Rick to Rich. Yeah. It's a nickname. It yeah. Works. Rich Shaw. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds just as bad. Yeah. And I don't know why. <laughs> Did you ever have like uh, weird nicknames in high school? Um, gosh, you know, I've never really had nicknames. It's tough to make a nickname out of April because it's such a short name. The only nickname, right. the only things I ever got was sometimes uh, people would call me AJ because hmm. my full name's actually April June. Oh, right. So it'd be AJ. Um, what about Al? That sounds kind of cool. Because <laughs> of A-L? <laughs> I would go by Al. Yeah. I really like, I just, I think it's great when chicks have 
like masculine names like Charlie mm-hmm. or like a girl or something. Yeah. That's odd. And it's like Charlize, but then people just call her Charlie. That's great. Wasn't there an Al in like a TV show? I was going to say that's very like I 80s s- high school drama. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like Alex Mack. The Adventures of Alex Mack. You ever ooh, see that show? Ooh, or those, yeah, the names that can um, be for men or women, like oh, Bailey. And the girl, there, here it is, step by step. Step by step, day by day, day by day. Start over a different hands of play. Deeper we fall, the stronger we stay. Make it There was a girl, the middle child. Her name was Al. Mm. Patrick there Duffy's kid. I don't mm. know if you watched that show. I did not. What? I don't know what you're talking no about. No TGIF for you? No. This was part of the TGIF, like, Friday night. Like, it was full house. You got it, dude. Step by step. Code man. Oh, you are so cool. You're the coolest guy on the planet. <laughs> I know. Family matters. Steve Urkel at your service. I never watched any of that shit. Cut it out. Ugh. You're too young. I, That's right. I forget that you're always, you're like 10 years younger than me. Wait, how old are you? I'm 35. Ah, gross. I know. Wait, I am 10 years. That's oh, what I'm saying. Fuck. Like, I know. It's so I no, weird. Like, I forgot. Why are you even doing this podcast? I don't know. I'm young and <laughs> stupid, I guess. No, I do notice though, like uh, in retrospect, like I get it. Like I don't notice it in the moment, but afterwards when I like go back at in conversations and go like, oh, that was kind of weird or they didn't catch that reference or, or just, I just go back at like, oh, that could have went better. Yeah. And then I realize like, oh, it's because they were 22. I'm talking to a 22-year-old. Like, <laughs> right? like, that's why it was play so to, awkward. <laughs> play to your audience. Yeah. Like, I need to tar- talk to people my age, and then they would actually, you know, get my old references. Or you need to learn new things. I do. One I do need other. to, like, get in touch with millennials. What, what, okay, what do you want to know about, what are you missing out on? on um, what confuses you? Because there are things people say about California, and I'm just like, I don't know what that is. I'm confused with, uh, why does everything have to have, like, a social cause behind it? You know, like, I'm selling a t-shirt, but I'm also donating one shirt to a needy homeless midget, you know, every time you buy one. It, you know, is it, it the no same? Longer... Is it the same midget? Yes. Or is it multiple needy <laughs> homeless getting, midgets? Yeah. It's one We're midget. We're just trying I'm to build one wardrobe for like your friend Jeffrey. <laughs> I'm trying to get Dinklage just a few more t-shirts. Right. Just have you seen those costumes? Like it's yes. like, geez, I said it was casual. <laughs> Dressed down for once. But that's the thing. Like how many businesses are like they're doing something besides just selling a product? It's like part of their like image. Like Tom's shoes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, 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 because that's a new thing, and it's because, like, I think that that is, uh, just to take the most cynical view possible of it, um, because it is capitalism, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's generally the correct view. Yeah. Uh, we, like, that's the new generation's thing a lot right now, is, like, there's so much people really focusing on, like, ah, oh, inequality, and um, trying to, like, social do... Social justice. Yeah, social justice, that sort of thing, and so... In my opinion, the stuff like Tom's Shoes, all that, like, it's it's a combination of, yeah, good intentions or whatever, but also a way to cash in mm. on the current generation's um, desire to be a part of that sort of is it thing. A I feel like Do you feel good. that it's like a fad? Oh, it, it, it definitely, definitely is. Which oh. is not to say, like, some places were doing it before now, and a bunch of places will be doing it after this kind of right. passes to the next thing or whatever, but frankly, a lot of, you know, you think the CEOs at Starbucks or whatever, like, we're doing a good thing. It's like, no, it's, they are like, hey, let's increase profits overall, 
by making this little gesture thing that people can blog about. Right. But also, like, I think Starbucks and all those big conglomerates are still doing the same amount of philanthropy as well. You know, they're still, like, donating millions of dollars to, like, the Ronald McDonald Foundation and all this other stuff. Well, yeah, but you also have to – that's absolutely true, which is why, you know, I was like, some of these – it's not about, like, the fad or whatever you want to call it. Well, I think it's more, like, if you want to look at cynicism, it's more of an economic reason. It's like – I want to have a better tax break. I need these children to not get obese too quickly so that they can be adults eating at McDonald's. Totally, with their huge family. Exactly. <laughs> we want to breed... Have all the good associations. Yeah, we want them alive just long enough to breed. We can't have any more PR covering right. kids getting <laughs> stuck in the play tubes. Oh, that would be so awesome. Can you imagine, like, if some kid was stuck in a tube for, like, two or three days straight, and it was like they are in a well, but in a place tube. tube. She is expected, when she comes out, to spend several days at the hospital uh, while she is thoroughly checked. And her cries and breathing have been uh, monitored with a microphone uh, practically throughout the ordeal. They've had a microphone down uh, so they could listen to her. And, like, the like media that. was all there, and we're trying to figure out, like, they got engineers there that are working around the clock going, like, how do we get this kid out? Okay, see, that's the thing, though, though, because you don't hear about that. You know why? Cover-ups. Yeah. That's why. They don't want... Th- it's like how when people die at Disneyland, yeah. they take them outside oh, of the park right. and then report the death. Whoa. That's the they McDonald's that? obese children thing. Yeah, apparent... That, I heard that somewhere. Crazy. So it could definitely not be true, but... No, that sounds I'm, definitely like Disney. Yeah, I'm like, that's definitely true. <laughs> like they were... People have, like, heart attacks there or something, and then they, like, rush them outside of Disneyland, so yes. it's reported outside of the park. dead at the hospital outside of Disney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Tragically. Comics Live! This is my, uh, I am your host, D. Williams, yep. This is my, I am your guest, April Lotshaw. <laughs> yes, I don't know where that came from, but yeah, I am your host, D. Williams, a.k.a. Daryl Williams, a.k.a. Dumbass, a.k.a. Dude, that's hanging out with a returning guest who is just the loveliest uh, guest ever, at least in the last uh five episodes maybe i like that you complimented me Mm. and then immediately backtracked the compliment (laughs) so that like i wouldn't get too cocky like you had to throw a little neg in there like well "Well, you're not that lovely i always also think i don't know why i do this but i'm like super self-conscious about giving women compliments i'm fired aren't i it's this like HR like ridden like life that I live like where you can't tell somebody like oh your hair looks nice because you're gonna get like called out for sexual harassment. Okay, do you want to know a little secret though? Yeah, which is great about that. Yeah, is in the way that you live is that if you say something like she is one of the loveliest guests I have, but of the last five, I don't really know her that well. I <laughs> uh, that is way worse than just she's one of the loveliest guests i've had april shot that's it's so much worse hey nice haircut i just i guess i know i don't that like that's 
the definite tip off that is like, ah, oh, your dick's a little bit hard right now, isn't it? When you take it back, it's like, oh, you're worried about something versus people who just say things it's like, oh, it looks good. And you're like, thanks. Or if you don't want to talk to a person, you're like, thanks. You know, it's that's on the other person at that point. Fuck them if they think you're creepy. Suck a dick. Your hair does look good today. Bitch. <laughs> Why do you have to make it into something like that? My guess, April Lacha. April June Lacha. April June. You know, TM. I was also thinking too, like, wouldn't it be cool if it was April, May, June? You know who else was thinking that? Was every child at my elementary school <laughs> who ever made fun of me. Oh, okay. That was and pretty, my middle school. It's pretty tame though. They're like, You should be called April, May, June. Like that's their Eat insult. Some dirt now. Yeah. I was just being called like, you should be called faggot. <laughs> You're like, but I already am. <laughs> Why? Because I like dick? Yeah, because it's technically accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Elementary school bullies. The technically accurate edition. 29 cigarettes. Take one, Mark. I'm Timothy. And I'm Gerald. We're going to go make fun of some people in some technically accurate ways. Hey, Daryl. Yes? You, Daryl. Yeah? Someday you're going to be... Bald. What? Like in ten years? No. Like way too young. <laughs> like in five months. <laughs> we can already see the receding hairline. It's just genetically true. <laughs> <laughs> High five. No joke, I started literally losing my hair at 16. That's why I started I shaving it. I feel so sad right I now. I want to hug you. It's like my one crux in life. Like, oh, wait. <laughs> like, I wish that didn't go that way. Everything else in life, though, according to plan. Well, yeah. That's the obviously, only sticking you know, point. I'm straight, white, you know, in SoCal. Yeah, I mean, a- I, I had a lot going for me. You have a beard, which, right. like, you probably feel pretty good about because you've never shaven it off. So that's got to feel nice. You know, actually, I've only had this beard for about a year. Maybe oh, I, I started, I actually started it, like, right before comedy. I love bald dudes with beards hmm. because, like, you can just do the little flip around in your head. Yeah. Like, you're like, the this, is what, this is what they want, but it'll never be. So they're doing, like, the closest they can get. Well, I guess it's like, you know, like, to a woman, it's like, oh, he's still virile. You know, he can still, <laughs> he can still <laughs> grow hair, just not in the right place. He doesn't have alopecia. Yeah. Are your panties wet? Because mine are. He doesn't have cancer. <laughs> See, that's why I pluck my eyebrows, mm. but I've grown out my pubes into a Fu Manchu. <laughs> Just to prove, like, still got it. Still got it. <laughs> it's probably still sexy. I draw in the eyebrows, but, you know like, what? really, like, grow out, like, the vag hair. <laughs> my mom, she... Uh, Please, I'm so excited for this story. <laughs> on my senior pictures, she decided, like, hey, you know, this is your time to, like, look really good. Like, this is, you know, your senior picture. So she said, hey, you know what you should do? You should get it high and tight. She didn't say, like, shave it, but she was already seeing, like, the widow's peak before me and saying, like, hey, you know, get a haircut and have it just be a buzz cut. You know what? That is amazing because when that story started, I was like, mom probably got him a toupee. (laughs) Just like, hey, get used to it now. But here's what gear where it gets weird. Okay. So she then, so that one little bit of tidbit is like, okay, thanks, mom, for that advice. Like, pound it for that one. Mm -hmm. But then she also says, hey... Your eyebrows are a little thin. Why don't I just like fill them out with this little pencil I have here? And I was like, okay. Because why wouldn't I be like, 
Sure. Sure. My mom has my best interests at heart. Of course. She's older than me. I don't know things. So cut to my friends looking in the yearbook and seeing my photo and automatically going, hey, bro, are you wearing makeup? Immediately just being like, whoa, (laughs) Daryl's transitioning into a cholo. (laughs) Totally. Totally. (laughs) Yes. Oof. Can't say I didn't see it coming. Well, it did have the bubble background. And it was it was a little like you know off focused. Oh, <laughs> uh, all of those high school photos are Did like you they take just those? casually blur them. Yep. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they blurred with, the acne out of my face. They're like, friends? you know, what looks more natural than acne is just a camera lens covered in Vaseline. Let's do that instead. <laughs> those pictures were like pre-Instagram. That's what Instagram oh, is now. Oh my god! Yes, it was the filter. Mm-hmm. It's like if you wanted. Snapchat or Instagram before that, before the internet, you had to go get glamour shots or whatever you would call them. I don't even know if you call See, them my glamour. glamour. My glamour shots for high school is like I want to be one of the cool kids. So they put on the underage tattoo filter <laughs> and had only God can judge me on my collarbone <laughs> so that it seemed like I had friends. You were hardcore after that. Isn't it weird kind of that like people that are super religious get tattoos to begin with? But why? Because it says in the Bible that you shouldn't get tattoos. You've got a point there. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to appear in a tortilla in Mexico. It also says in the Bible to stone people. Don't fucking pick at the nitty gritty points of the Bible or we'll be here for way too long. <laughs> well, that's and what everybody everyone does. And everybody, bored. Everybody just picks and chooses what they want from it. Yeah, but like that's my point. Is like why I'm so sick of anyone ever being like, well, technically the Bible says that if you eat cheese, it has to be unpasteurized and it has to be from a female cow who's never given birth. And you're just like, shut up, please. April, you're so hilarious. No joke. Like you're probably one of the most funniest girls I know in the local comedy scene. Really? Because you're one of the most good at grammar people I know in the <laughs> comedy scene. Thank you, man. Thank you. No, but no joke. Um, you are definitely one of those people that I love being around, and I like seeing you do new bits and you do you know comedy and whatnot. It's not like when when I, when we first met, like before you went back to Seattle. It was like yeah, the, before that trip. Yeah. It was like, oh, dang. I I thought I was uh, losing, you know, somebody that was, uh, you know, somebody that I enjoyed having around the comedy scene. That's actually, you know what was really nice? That's awesome, actually. Um, but you know what was really nice was I was in Seattle for about half a year. And just there were a few people who I kind of regularly kept in contact with, who I was right. closer friends with from the comedy scene. Of or course. who I knew, you know, I'm feeling troubled right now. I don't feel good i'm gonna text this person because they're my friend and they'll you know text me i just want to talk to them they'll understand yeah um but every so often i would get a random text or facebook message from other people who i knew and liked and i hadn't spent a ton of time with Mm. in the comedy scene so it was that kind of like i don't really know whether they want to get a random message from me or what so i wouldn't message them but i'd get a random message from certain people you know um Every so often just checking up on me or just cracking jokes or whatever or being like, hey, you know, just, you know, like we do miss you in the comedy community. Whether you're coming back or not, we don't really know, but you were a really cool chick to have around and you were really funny and blah. It made me feel so, that was so intensely reassuring to me because no matter what anyone says to me my entire time in comedy, especially going back to Seattle where I wasn't doing comedy for three or four months um, because I was just working on my recovery, um, 
it's just it's that comedian thing where you tend to like have highs and dips. You're like, I'm the funniest person ever. You're like, no, I'm garbage. I'm terrible. Nobody likes me. And you're like, yes. I'm the funniest person ever. And you're like, no, I'm fucking terrible. I'm worse than I thought I was before. How? I don't know. And I should kill myself. Exactly. Yeah. And then just being away from the community for so I felt so secluded that it just like it amplified all of those thoughts where I'm like, wow, I'm gone and it doesn't matter and I'm not funny. And you know, I always thought that I was good at baking cakes but you know what maybe i'm not good at baking cakes maybe i'm not good at anything and so that was actually a really that really helped it's weird those little random messages you send people sometimes or things that you just say where it's like i like that new bit or something i think that mm, it's easy to kind of gloss over that on your end as the person saying it but also and maybe for a lot of the times you say that to people on their end They'll be very like, you know, like, oh, thanks. And they don't really take it in or whatever. But like they you will have those times where someone will say some random thing like that to you and it'll actually be huge. You'll actually be like, I really needed that right now because I was Mm. feeling terrible. And, you know, comedy is just entirely putting yourself out there and, you know, like and I'm putting on the face like the comedy face. I'm doing the bits. I'm doing whatever. I'm not being I'm being vulnerable, but in a different way in front of these people. But it's just so helpful sometimes to have that thing where it's like acknowledgement that you have support in the community and that you are liked and that people do respect you for how funny you are. That's I think we you kind of lose track sometimes of but we all have those moments where you're really down in a dark place. And one person will say something like that to you, one or two people. It'll just lift you up. It'll just even if you're in the worst place, it helps so much just to know that like one or two people are on your side. Yeah. So I that feel that way great. too. Yeah, it, it does help. And I felt that way like in the last maybe probably three or four months, especially since I broke up with my girlfriend. Mm. You know, I've had a lot of what comics. What are you doing with that? It's going well. But it's like one of those things where, you know, once I started talking about it on stage, it was really the th- how I opened it to a lot of like comics. You know, I didn't really like tell like every comic like before the set like, oh, by the way, I broke up with my girlfriend. No, it was kind of like, you know, I kept it close to the vest and then like I had a bit about like I broke up with her and then a lot of comics were like, oh shit, is that true? That sucks, bro. Sorry to hear that. And it was like genuine like empathy and genuine like, hey man, Just that sucks to hear. Love and concern. Not like, and support. it wasn't like, com- it wasn't like met with instant jokes of like, hey man, you're going to crush that puss? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. That's the thing. <laughs> but it's, um, isn't that interesting though? Because I've had, these moments myself a few times in doing comedy where isn't that interesting where you can be and I think I may be overreaching but I think that perhaps that's you know a part of the little bit of the uh, various psychoses that keep us going in comedy Um, but that you can be surrounded by people who you know Mm -hmm. you know want to know what's going on in your life if something big happens or you know who kind of want to care put an arm around your shoulder whatever but you still have that sense of internalizing and fear and whatnot where it's still easier to say something sort of anonymously on stage to a crowd of strangers and let people know that way that's still easier to say than it is to have that honest sit-down conversation with people who you actually do feel somewhat close to it just feels like an easier way to break that stuff open because i think we all have that thing in our lives where 
you have really big news. Like, I had a really big breakup. I, you know, tried to kill myself. I, whatever. Where just, like, you want to say it to the people who are important to you, and you just, you choke on it. You choke on the words. Right. You know, that's you what... You just feel ashamed. Yeah. And you don't want anybody to know that, like, oh, I'm not well, or I'm not doing well right now. <laughs> like You want them to know, because you know that's part of intimacy, and that's part of having friends. Right. And it's part of having people who are important to you in your life. But at the same time, there's this weird sense of shame and guilt, and... Just that you just you don't want to be putting it on other people, but it just it Especially becomes easier the- to make it into something you say on stage or in jokes and get that relief and also get the information out there than it is to sincerely say that to a right. close friend, which is very hard, incredibly hard. Well, I think in this business, if you want to call us being in the business, we're not. <laughs> but us trying to be in this business, you know, you have this idea of like everything has to be a joke. You know, everything, you know, has to be lighthearted. You know, you can't bring too much misery to the table or nobody's going to like you. you okay. Nobody's going to want to talk to you. Okay. I have a, I have a question. Do you, cause I have this sometimes with joke writing. Do you have this with joke writing? Hmm. You're working on a joke and you take something, um, and you very sincerely look at it and you kind of try and assess to yourself, is this funny or is it too sad? Yes. Where it's like there's a sadness scale and there's a funny scale. And the funny scale has to be a certain level above the sadness scale for people to be able to just accept the sadness and then enjoy the funny. But at times, if they're even or if sadness is a little bit above, nobody's going to laugh because it's still just sad. And it's true, Yes, but it's your job to make it something that the audience is okay with laughing at. It has to be funny enough from the sadness. Yeah. I've had so many jokes that I've thrown away because I'm like... You know what? There's nothing wrong with the joke. There's nothing wrong with any of the setup. Nothing. Just honestly, it just like how it is right now. It's too risky. Sometimes it works really well. Other times it doesn't work well. And it's because it's like just it's it's borderline more sad than it is funny. And that's and like is it how you deliver the it. Death of laughter. It depends what it is. It depends on the joke. But. And also, that's the other thing is it depends on the crowd, where it's like some rooms, yeah. jokes like that will kill because everyone's on the same sort of cynical note. Yes. But other rooms, you know, you're, you've just ruined your entire set. You know, you open yeah. with what you think is a strong joke and it dies on the stage and then you have to follow that and you're just fucked. I did that recently where I ran this joke and I did, a, I did three mics in one night. So, like, I ran the same joke, you know, three times. Mm-hmm. And it was the middle joke you know it was yeah it has buffer zone right like so i i entered with other stuff and i i but i always had this joke in the middle and then like the first two times it was dog shit just nothing just absolutely nothing but then that third time like i almost was like should i even do it like it, it bombed twice tonight like should i even do it this third night or this third time and then i did it reluctantly and it actually like hit so then it's like, you know, even one out of three times, I'm still now thinking like, I need to take, I need to still do this. You know, if it was zero out of three, I would have been like, fuck this joke. That's but abs- one out of three, I'm like, all right. That's true. But that's when you go into the really heavy editing phase. Totally. I've had jokes that worked once and never again. Well, the third time just, was different for sure. No, that's the point though. It's like sometimes they work once and you get an idea of okay, I'm hitting the wrong part of the joke. I should be taking it 
in this direction that got laughs and I'm focusing on the wrong bit, stuff like that. And I cut like two lines out of the beginning. Exactly. That can make all the difference in the world. But I've had a lot of times where I've done a joke and it worked once or twice and all the rest of the times nothing. And I just have, I've just, I've thrown it away because I haven't been able to figure it out Mm -hmm. or... I just, I also have an allowance where I just figure, I'm like, there are certain jokes which are just like dumb little one-shot jokes where like the first time you say it, you'll get it exactly right and you'll kill it because it's current, it's exactly what you're thinking at that moment, it's lightning in a bottle, and once you've captured it, like you can't, if there's not more substance to it, you'll never capture it again. And I've thrown those jokes away and it sucks because I really liked a lot of them, but at the same time, couldn't, where I am right now, I wasn't able to make them work. Yeah, you can't make them work a year later, you know. You You can't make them work two nights later. Wow. And then the night after that, and then the night after that. And you're like, what was different? You listen to the recording, and you try as hard as you can, and for whatever reason, you know. You're always chasing that first moment. It's, it's, um, I think it was Louis C.K. had a thing where he said, you know, jokes, sometimes they're like fruit. There's a time when the joke is ripe. And those are those jokes where you tell them a few times and they kill and they're amazing and it's perfect. And then no matter how many other times you tell them or workshop them or whatever, it just doesn't work. It's just the fruit's gone rot. It's just the, there are certain jokes that can only exist in the moment. Do you remember any of your first jokes that you told, like your first set? I do, actually. Because we were talking about this earlier. I got started in college. With uh, the improv. With improv. And then Eric Escobar got me into stand-up from improv. So I started that in college as well. Um, a few years after I started improv. Hey, April, I think you should do stand-up with me. You'd be really cool. You know what's sadder than that is I went up to him and I'm like, you do stand-up, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, I love yeah. stand-up. What's up? And I was like, I want to try stand-up. He's like, oh, yeah, it's awesome. You know what? You know what? You should go to this mic. Wing fix. It's awesome. There'll be three drunk people there. The cook is on meth. Great show. You should get up there. Get up there for a month. And then you know what? I know it's real classy place, real great. I'll put you on a show of mine. Tell you what, put you on a show of mine. Tuesday night show. You want to be on a show? You want to be on a show? It's at a real place. Flappers. Yep. Flappers Claremont. Yep. I'll get you into their YooHoo room. Trust me, it'll be awesome. Just get up at Wingfix in front of the meth cook, and you'll be all set to go in like a month. You'll know it in a month. And I was like, yeah. And then I did it, and I was like, wow, it's real. And then I did it for several more years, and I'm like, ah, oh, those. That was nice. That was a nice time in my life. <laughs> when I believed those things, which still like, you know, it was awesome, but it it was awesome. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't awesome. Right. But at the same time, you just, you can't help but be jaded or whatever. It is always interesting how like, you know, people always have these ideas of, you know, it, I want to be famous after this many years or whatever, you know. I should be at such and such a place if I'm going to be successful in this line of work right. at this point in my life. Right. And then when that doesn't happen, they're instantly like, oh, well, now what do I do? You know, do I keep going or do I call it quits or or whatever? And I don't know if I'm there yet. I mean, I've only been in this for a year and a half. So been doing this a year and a half? Yeah. You're a little baby. I know. You're a little tiny child baby. I've been doing stand-up for between three and four years. Longer than um, I should. I should be better at it considering how much time I've put in, but you know. Well, I've had a lot of obstacles in my life because actually Eric Esquire... Really? Tell me what that's like, because I haven't. <laughs> so, like, let's just throw you a little pity party right, right? here. Tell me about it. <laughs> my mom's going to tell me later that this part was too mean. Right. Hey, April, stop beating me up. You know what? We all go through White hard guys times. have problems too, you know? Daryl was just trying to tell his truth. Yep. Let him have his 
voice. Live I've my, talked yeah. to my therapist about this. I want to live my truth. No, but uh, Eric Escobar hit me up. Yeah, when, when I, nice. I think that still picked up on the mic. I think it did also. <laughs> no matter how far you held it away, they were going to hear that. I just, you know. That, that wasn't me. That live was life. April. Live your life. Live yep. your truth. Do you also like fart in public too? I don't like to, but I will. I'm all about it. If you fart... <laughs> If you, <laughs> if you, what? If you fart in front of me, I will not be ashamed. I will actually be like, sweet, this girl feels comfortable around me. <laughs> uh-huh. It's actually like weirder if you like never fart in front of me, like for 20 years. Like if we know each other for 20 years and, you will, and you've never broken the sound barrier, that would be more weird. And I'm not saying like you have to like rip ass like all the time. I don't have to hold a lighter up in front of no. the back of my jeans. No. And they'd be like, guys, look at this. But, like, by yourself, can you make, like, a pretty decent fart? I don't like, try to make I'm not make saying, farts. like, prove it or anything. I'm just saying, like, when you're around your lonesome or in the comfort of your own self. Are you asking me if I fart? Yeah, but it, is it, like, audibly, like, awesome? <laughs> you know what? I love your phrasing of that question, so I'm going to answer it, yes. But it's also equal parts disgusting. But you know what? Right. It I'm up smell. at midnight eating Taco Bell sometimes. Right. So I feel like people will get the idea of probably how I think people look at me and they get an image of who I am. And then they see me on stage and or speak to me ever and then they're like, oh, that is not what that is. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Shit, no, it ain't. <laughs> I say that because when I farted right there, I just shit a little bit in my pants. <laughs> yeah, they call that a shark. I know. <laughs> I know the nomenclature. Hey, I remember when I worked there that they said uh, if you were born in Disneyland, like just so happened to just, you know, your mom is eight months pregnant and she has you at Disney for some reason. They retain the rights to the child. Yes, it becomes the property of Disney. No Copyright, Disney Corporation. <laughs> they go into slavery from that day. Uh, no, but they were actually given. Not slavery. Oh. It's not slavery. It's the child and they're doing chores that other people <laughs> do like for wages. <laughs> no, continue though. But they actually... Re- used to i don't think they do this now but they used to give them a lifelong like season pass so you you were now like able to go into disneyland forever because you were born there it's like you're a gold card member pretty much but then also they started to do that too where like i i think after enough women were like oh fuck i need to get over to disneyland i'm almost pregnant like i'm about to pop they're like oh wait we need to get these bitches off this property before they birth them. Because you know what that is? That's like a beautiful little thought, and it's kind of whimsical and wonderful. Yes. Um, but in that way that humanity does with greed and whatnot, uh, that was also just incentivizing women to go into labor in Disneyland. Yes. Because if you could, for the price of one day at Disneyland, a little bit of careful timing, ensure your child... A lifetime of free trips to Disneyland. Why would you not? Yeah, that's amazing. That's the best gift you could give. It's like, sorry, you don't have a college fund, but hey, you can go to Disneyland whenever you want to. Do you know 
how many funnel cakes I ate there waiting to go into labor. <laughs> it is not comfortable yeah. having the Disney princesses watch you go into labor and your water break on Goofy while you're taking a photo. <laughs> Gorsh, is that Paul Santa? <laughs> Uh. <laughs> hey Mickey, get a photo. <laughs> no, but I, that's a, what isn't it weird how like humanity always like you know, they don't look at the spirit of the law. They just totally like try to like go, "Oh, I'm going to exploit the fuck no, out of this that's, rule." That's the thing though. That's it's not weird and then at it all. It makes them go, "Fine. We're going to now You don't get the thing nobody, anymore. Yeah, nobody gets it now. No, you know what? You didn't bring enough for the class. Nobody gets any. Mm, mm. It's no, but that's just like that's humanity. Everything is the flip side of a coin, and that's like the nice side. Where it's like, wouldn't this be nice? Um, but like the sad logistical side is there are a lot of people in the world, and say that's just how it is. You know, it's just it's incentivization. Right. It's like that extreme couponing. Have you seen that show? No, but I've heard a lot about <laughs> it, and I feel a spiritual connection to the ideas behind it. I was talking to you before we started this about sitting on my floor today, rolling quarters and dimes and nickels and pennies because I uh, had rent due three days ago and I haven't paid it yet. Yeah, rolling quarters sounds like a slang term. (laughs) Doesn't it? I really wish that I was using it as one. Like, I wish that I was like a low-level drug dealer or something (laughs) and I could have some pride instead of like, hey, look... There's more change in the cup holders of my car than I thought there was. <laughs> Maybe I can get a burrito. No, everybody's thinking like at first like, oh, she's like selling a lot of weed or maybe like Coke or something. And she's rolling quarters, you know, she's just yeah, yeah. rolling them and selling rolling them. Rolling quarters, rolling dimes. <laughs> no, you know how I beat just... pesos? You need a peso of that? I got a peso. <laughs> no, but it's actually literally rolling quarters. It's quite, yeah, it's very literal. <laughs> It's take take all of the veneer of like the joke telling right. and all of the laughter and joy and slide that off of the cold, mm. horrible truth that it's built on top <laughs> of, which is that I have a hard time affording rent. I have the same feelings. I've done that many times where I've gone to the piggy bank literally to to see, oh, can I buy food tonight? Can I, uh, you know, pay my gas tonight? Mm-hmm. Maybe if I have enough change. Well, that's the worst part is when you do have a big expense coming up, like you get your oil changed or rent mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. and you have that moment where you're like, I'd really like to eat food tonight <laughs> that's not top ramen, and I could, but should I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at planning ahead. That's I yep. always fail on those tests. Yep. yep, I've done that many times. My grandma, speaking about rolling quarters again, too, she used to like say it was a game. And she would give us like a shitload of change, just dump out. No, like no, a no. Huge... My grandma would do that also. And go like, have at it, kids. <laughs> and then just like tell us like, you know, we would go down to the bank afterwards and like she would, you know, hand us like two or three dollars and go, here's your like, you know. Your cut. Yeah, your cut. Did she make you stand <laughs> naked while you were rolling the quarters so that <laughs> she knew that you weren't stealing any of them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's a smart woman. Smart woman. <laughs> she was from the depression. You know, she wasn't going to cut any corners. <laughs> you know, you, you scrimp and save. You scrimp yeah. and save. <laughs> I was going to give you $3. You tried to steal a dollar from me? <laughs> Motherfucker. 50 cents now. 50 cents. <laughs> now I'm going to make Maybe you sweep the gutters. Maybe that'll teach you. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then she made me pick my switch. <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh, something that millennials have to deal with? No, we Picking have a, we have arranged switches. Uh, They're yeah. chosen for us. They're probably like you know made from Hogwarts or some sort of Harry Potter what? reference. I don't know. <laughs> they're made from Hogwarts. Yeah, they're like you know the commissioned school? from the, the school. school of witchcraft and wizardry and Harry Potter. Yeah, the Hogwarts uh, School of Wizardry at Universal Studios. <laughs> Okay, can I just point out that you're making this really difficult right now because I am like I'm trying oh. really hard to be less incredibly mean to you this time <laughs> because my parents listened yeah, to the last don't, episode don't and that be mean to me, April, that was their on. main. It's so hard sometimes. They're, that and was their biggest. Uh, that was their thing. They're like, well, you're so mean to the host. You were a bit mean. <laughs> And it went on for a while, and it got better when you got less mean, but I didn't <laughs> like that part. <laughs> I didn't take it as you were being mean. I thought you were being uh, amusing. and That's also what I thought, but hmm. that's my mom is like, well, it was kind of mean, April. And well, I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm sure your mom was a big hit for this podcast. I know uh, when you- No, be- she was. I'm sure she's <laughs> listened to it at least a dozen times. A lot of people have told me, like, hey, you know, when April was talking about her mom, that was, like, my favorite part. Did people actually tell you that? <laughs> no, but they did like your characters. Oh. I did get, actually, a few comments saying, uh, bring back uh, Bertha Smallbox. <laughs> and Bertha. Bring- <laughs> I love Bertha. <laughs> and bring back uh, Daryl's mom. <laughs> Daryl's mom? <laughs> that was the heckler. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, <laughs> if my oh. mom was in my audience. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, man. See, that's great because I don't do that on purpose. I just, so when I'm bored, I just go into voices sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then it's not till afterwards when I'm like, I wonder if that was annoying. And I'm like, too late now. I don't know. I like the Bertha one. <laughs> you didn't know. Bertha's a treasure. Yes. Bertha is an American treasure, a national treasure, too. She was, uh, if I remember right, uh, worked at a, uh, a grocery store. Oh, yeah, like? no, checkout clerk for yeah. the midnight shift <laughs> at a big and lots. <laughs> and she doesn't judge at all. Like, no matter what you bring, you could bring, like, Mm-mm. you know, some KY and some, uh, you know, Downey's uh, Fresh and Soft, as well as, a, a you know, a frozen Sarah Lee pie. Yeah, and then just, like, a bunch of barbed wire. <laughs> And she'll just be like, looks like we're having a party tonight. <laughs> That's Bertha. Yeah, so? <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, why don't you pick up some kale? <laughs> oh, Bertha doesn't believe in kale. Bertha is a frozen pie connoisseur. <laughs> Bertha knows that the greens on the plate are just there for decoration. <laughs> Who eats the green? Not me. <laughs> Unless it's Bernays sauce. Right, right. Do you do a lot of improv? Do you do you like doing improv? Oh, Lord. Uh, well, that's how I got started. I got started in improv. Um, Speaking of which, too, we have the same douche, I mean, awesome guy to thank for... Uh, introducing us to this wonderful yes. lifestyle, Eric um, Escobar. Yes. I love Eric. I don't oh. know uh, what you want to call him, an, an Eskimo um, stand-up. Eric Escobar? How would you even describe him? Oh, man. He's like God. (laughs) How do you describe that human being? No, how do you? He's, Jesus, he's like 
just a tall, chubby, millennial Pee Wee Herman. Like, he's just <laughs> filled with energy. All Like, hey, guys. Hey, what's up? Ah, he's always excited <laughs> about everything. Take that as a compliment. He should. <laughs> um, and, and, but he's also just, just this big, crazy dude who, like, April, just has different facial like hair you. all the time. <laughs> Want to go on the road? Want to go? I got this crazy, like, three-day trip planned. First, we're going to head up to San Francisco. We're going to do a spot there. Then, I know a guy who owns a boat. We're gonna get on the boat. It's gonna. We're just gonna go out, sail out. It's gonna be an at sea show. But you know what? I know the Booker. He's a good guy. He's like, wow, you're so excited about everything. We don't even need to get fishing license. I don't. I don't know what's happening, but you make me feel safe in it. <laughs> like if he wanted to run, like a sex slavery ring. I think he could with like the positive can do <laughs> attitude of a camp counselor. He'd just be just be like, Hey guys, come on, just hop in the back of the van. Oh tell you what, we're back there. I'm gonna teach you about how to make candles. Okay, you wanna make a shaped candle? Look, you could just put it in the sand, make a little heart out of that. Oh look, we're at the building now. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns You can in- take your blindfolds off. We're all good. <laughs> People be like, Wow, I feel okay about Did this. Did everybody bring their dildos? <laughs> But, like, you'd still feel, like, excited and safe. And, like, mm-hmm. it was a giant ga- Like, you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to sleepaway camp for, he says, the rest of my life. But, you know. <laughs> really, it seems like a lot of fun. I want to sign up. Yeah. I mean, he's got a trusting face. He's smiling. I mean, if he wasn't smiling, it'd probably be not legit, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I just, I don't know. Yeah. But that is our common <laughs> connection into comedy as I started improv. Me and Eric went to the same college. Right. And I started improv there with the improv team and he got me into improv well he taught me some improv there and, and how then did you so you met outside of improv and he said no in hey. improv oh, we okay. met in improv yeah so how, what got you into improv what got you there i wanted to do it um to be fair when i started improv i didn't know what improv was mm. per se people are like oh it's like whose line is it anyways i'm like i don't know what that is i'm yeah. from seattle i don't and- have a tv Yes, all I have is talk radio. That's all we have there. Um, Yeah, is it on NPR? (laughs) You know what? I think I heard a really great piece that Ira Glass did about that recently. I do know what you're talking about. It's It's where you join this art group and then you find yourself eventually and you start crying and express your deepest, darkest secrets to your families because you finally have the bravery to do it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That's improv? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, didn't he produce that uh, improv movie that Michael yeah, Biglia yeah, yeah. just Mike came Yeah, yeah, film, Don't yeah. Think Twice. Right, mm-hmm. which is a good movie. Which he also, fun- he had another movie he did before that, which was uh, based off a comedy routine of his, which I think had the same name, which was uh, Sleepwalk With Me. Yes. I believe, which was, I adore that comedy it's routine. Like I don't know how- It's not semi-autobiographical. It yeah. is autobiographical. Um, it's great though. The movie is like, it's good. It's solid. But I think he found his footing with Don't Think Twice. I agree. I like Berbiglia. Do you like a lot of, you know, stand-ups? Like, do you, do no. you watch a lot of, I mean, I know we Not were- Not a fan. No. <laughs> we were talking on our, on the show before that you hadn't seen a few of the female comics. We can pause it. Oh yeah, that's true. No, don't pause it. Just well, find me a bottle opener. Okay. Right. Well, then you ramble. Ramble well, by yourself. Ramble by my, what do you want me to ramble about? On the program today, we have local entrepreneur and comedian hopeful, April Lotshaw. April, how are you doing today? You know, I'm good. Thank, thank, thank you for asking. Uh, I don't... How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you. 
Who are some of your inspirations, just cutting straight to the chase? Well, you know, when I was a little kid, I was growing up, and I didn't, I didn't know what comedy was. I just knew that we had these CDs in my house of this man, and he'd just say these... I had them, like, memorized. I just thought, I was like, oh, it's the man's CDs, and I knew all of his bits, and I loved it, and it was Bill Cosby, and I didn't understand what a stand-up was at that point. It's very interesting. How do you feel about that now? In lieu of the rape allegations, the likelihood that he's a criminal sex offender. You know, I just, I have to have respect for the art that he created and for what he did for the form and for the hero that he was to me at the time. You can't ignore who he was as a human being, but at the same time, it was those formative years when he was the most, you know, important comedian in my life, probably, and maybe still is, and I feel very conflicted about that. So it's just, it's it's a tough tightrope to walk. Really sounds like it. Now we're going to go back to Daryl Williams, who's the actual host of the show and works in his spare time as a warehouse supplier of duct tape. Daryl, back to you. <laughs> that was very riveting. Very riveting. Thank you. I listen to a lot of NPR. I love how you actually... uh like move the mic from one person that to I the used next. two microphones yes. and it was only halfway through that I realized that wouldn't make <laughs> any difference at all <laughs> like my microphone makes me sound like this <laughs> <laughs> it's not <laughs> I could have just used one microphone and just used the two voices right because I just did that like anyways but no you were using the microphone like no this is the Daryl microphone <laughs> Well, you fucking left me on my own out there, didn't you? You fucking left me on my own. I could have paused it. You, you decided to be a professional and say, should, no, don't pause this. I'm making gold out of your podcast. Thank you. You should add a pause in postscript. Mm-hmm. Like, we should do a little pause right here. Be like, hey, can we pause this? Yeah. And then have you edited it in? Hey, uh, can we pause this for a second? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, back again. <laughs> Thanks for that. I needed that. Okay, let's pause again. Okay, let's end the most annoying bit ever created right now, please. Sidebar. Yeah, that, I don't that's, know about that. That's the same as no but improv. Sketch. Hey, guys, <laughs> I brought the pizza. No, but I love this ski vacation. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of a, a sketch we could do, which was just yes and. You know, everything that somebody would say okay question would just be followed with yes and this okay a that's an improv game slash learning exercise mm. b i are you an improviser at all i've taken a few classes where over at long beach held together improv class hell yeah do it it was definitely fun no it's the best ever it's wonderful i, and I did like little comedy sports in high school fair fair so I'm just saying, you want to improvise? I'll fucking improvise with you right now. Bring it. You were saying you wanted to do a character with my dad. Okay, so <laughs> last time I brought in the character of your mom, who goes to every show. Yes. So this time I would like to bring in a new character who I've been workshopping, mm. um, and I think has some real potential. Who is your father? Inter- like your father, who you try and talk to about comedy. Okay. So like pretend like that you're phone? pretend that you're at a show right now like this is like your dad at the show okay um 
So my mom has gotten remarried recently, and uh, my biggest problem with the marriage is that she wore white. That didn't get a laugh from my dad. <laughs> That's the sound of your dad not being at the show. <laughs> okay, new scene. New scene. Okay. It's your dad. This is okay. your dad who you try to talk to about stand-up and about things you're excited about. Hey, Dad. So that, that bit about Mom, it went really well. I mean, fuck that bitch, right? Oh, uh, you know, she's, she's your mother. Don't want you talking about your mother that way. Yeah, I know, but, uh, you know, it's her third marriage, and, uh, you know, she... Son, life, you know, it's it's a it's a tough thing. It's just... You, did you... Did you TiVo this? Did you TiVo this house of lies? Can I record over this? Of the wedding? Did I TiVo... It says the- house of lies on the TV. Is that you? Because I'm recording over it. I have to do a late shift at work tonight. I'm not going to watch the game. I need to be able to watch it later. That's okay, Dad. Uh, you can erase uh, my house of lies and record the game. It's cool. But about my comedy, like, it's really going well. Like, I think it's going to be, like, you know, maybe a few more years, give or take. And, and I think I'm going to do it. I noticed that the last couple weeks you've brought back the car with an empty tank. Just if you're going to use the gas in the car... You know, if you're you're a man, you should you gotta just replace it sometimes. I don't ask that much of you, son. Oh, I understand being an electric Tesla and all, but like it's cool. Like I'll still like put like money in the tank if you want because I'm I'm that I'm that. I need you to quiet down. <sighs> Watching Judge Judy can't hear her over you. I'm sorry. That was actually probably like a a, a Dell Close faux pas. Because I didn't go along with that uh, you had a gas tank, and then I changed it to an electric tank. Like, that's my bad. But let's move on. No, let's focus on that. (laughs) So, my character had a gas tank, and you changed it to being Tesla. Yeah. And to being an electric tank. How could you have made that scene work after doing that no but? Right. Piece of shit. Right. And and to be honest, my dad wouldn't even own an electric car because he's That's like... That's not the character I was playing. Yeah. He would be like, fuck that commie bullshit. Like, I own gas for life. That's my bad. Like See, a patriot. I'm I'm only in class one. Like, you're clearly, like, above me. Like, you've... I'll I tell you what, son. I'll tell you what. You want to <laughs> know about improv? You want to know about it? He's definitely said that. <laughs> this is not your father. This is a new character. This oh, okay. is Terry, <laughs> okay. the motivational speaker. I'll tell you what. You listening to me? You yeah. know my name? Yes. What's my name? Hey, Ted. Terry. Terry. It's Terry. Terry. And it's what Terry. is what is my job? Uh, you're, you're a motivational speaker. I am a motivational speaker. My name is Terry, and that is what I do. You know why I do this and you don't do this? I don't know why. Because I'm good enough at it that they pay me for it. <laughs> you want your dollars to be worth something? Yeah? Give them to Terry. He will make them into millions. I only have $2 bills. That is fine. Terry has been living on the streets for a long time. I'll tell you what. You want to know something about improv? What? You want to know something about improv? Yeah. You want to know something about improv? I do. Yes, and, yes motherfucker. And. You want to know something about life? Kind of, yeah. Yes, and, but I would like to sign a contract, please. That's where Terry went wrong. Do you always talk in third person? Terry doesn't need to explain himself. <laughs> doesn't need to. Mm-mm. Awesome. Maybe you need to explain yourself. I'm kind of fat and bald. And That's I'm not an explanation. <laughs> Tell me about your soul. Um, I, I kind of feel like there is no soul. 
That is what do you feel when you watch the film Bambi? <laughs> I feel regret. I definitely feel like if I was a deer, I would uh, not like it. We won't go back to the motivational <laughs> speaking portion of this show because you are not holding up your end. <laughs> I know. I suck. I'm just saying you could try harder. <laughs> My motivational speaker yeah. is potentially a little bit racist. I'm Try sure. harder. Just be yeah. not you. Oh, we don't know what race that motivational speaker is. Definitely I don't. Not. I don't know. No. Uh, in fact, I if hope. you choose a race, you're racist. Well, you know, yes, but I might still be racist. So I'll. Take I want to start point. like asking my guests to do their best, like black guy impression. Okay, no, 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 but here, I, I still really want to explore this character some more, because I've been working on it for, like, actually a while before the show. The motivational show. speaker? No, your father. Oh, my father, yeah. So, like, because, like, I've thought about it, I went on a retreat, and we talked about character work, and it actually, like, with a lot of, it really changed the way that I look a lot of things, like, Chelsea Peretti was there, right. a lot of other people whose names I'm going to put down uh, were there who actually weren't there, please yeah, don't sue drop. me, yeah. uh, uh, Adam Scott, uh... Scott Ackerman, uh, mm. we had Louis C.K. popped in for a minute because he's famous for his characters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I really just want to work on this first. Like, like, put us in a different situation. What's our situation? Oh, for dad? Yes. Uh, I'm your how father. About we're, uh, we're I want I want to love you, but you're continually disappointing me. Okay. It's my character motivation. What's yours? Uh, that I'm trying to get your acceptance. Or that uh, I want you to think of me as a man. Let's go with that. That's good. There are a lot of okay. challenges in the face of that one. Okay, and we're, we're and we're fishing. We're out on a boat in you know in the middle of a lake. Yes. You know it's it's early morning. Okay. Hey, Dad. It's like really cool that we're out here, right? Son, wanna go to the cooler? Get Dad a brewski. Sure. Yeah, I'll I'll grab you one. It's like five a.m., but still, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? Tell you what, son, there's a lot about fishing you need to learn. And what's that, Dad? That when you're on a boat and you're fishing, no wives to tell you what to do. Damn straight. I have never been married, but I can understand that. So you don't know what the phrase means, go get me a brewski, because I don't have a brewski in my hand. Oh, sorry, Dad. Um, I didn't know that you n didn't get it already. <laughs> uh, here. I asked you to get it for me. Okay, here, here, here it is. Thank here. you. Yeah. Once it hits your lips, right? Son, don't throw your line in the water. I'm going to teach you a little something about life. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Wasn't that a great cast, Dad? Son, sometimes. Doesn't matter what kind of cast you had, what kind of bait you bought, or how much you spent on dinner. Sometimes you just reel in boots. Sometimes you look at that boot and you think, you know, maybe... If I like the boot enough, just move the tongue around the laces. I can fuck that boot. You know what? You can't fuck a boot. You fuck a fish. Keep fishing for fish. Don't accept a boot. So, how's it been with Mom, Dad? You already brought up her third marriage to me last time we were talking. Said to myself, I'm not going to talk to him about this. Say that again. How do you think it's going? Do you think you'll ever get remarried, Dad? I mean, you're fucking boots, but... It might be better if you actually, like, have a woman instead. You ever fuck a boot, son? No. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes, and? Don't fuck boots, son. Don't fuck boots and don't lie to me about whether you're fucking boots. I mean, I'd rather fuck a fish if we're gonna be like... We'd all rather fuck a fish. It's alive. 
You know what? I didn't feel alive at the end of that marriage. When you were fucking boots? No, when I was fucking your mom because she smelled like a fish. <laughs> I mean, son, that sucks, Dad. You got a little, you got a little nibble on your line. Reel it in, reel it in. Oh wow! I hope it's not a boot. Wow, it's a fish. It's a fish, son. Sweet. It's a fish. You see how beautiful that is? That was. Oh, pull it into the boat. We got the net. Wow. It must be like 12 pounds or so. That's a salmon right there. That's a sockeye. Whoa. You got yourself a sockeye. Nice. You know what, though? No. In some cultures, when the sun does something amazing, really pulls in a winner. Yeah. They give it to the father as a sign of respect for them to experience it. Okay, Dad. Well, you can have this fish if you want. You okay with me having this sockeye before you have it? Yeah, you could definitely fuck it. I said have. We have respect in this house. You can make love to it. (laughs) Don't you say those words. Just you cast that line back in the water. Your father will be back in five minutes. (laughs) I don't know why you're crying, son. (laughs) It's so magical that we get to spend time together. Put your line back in the water, son. Okay, Dad. I'll be back. Here's another beer. Brewski. (laughs) And and see. And... My new character. My dad? (laughs) All of my characters will be family members. Next week, I'm going to debut your secretly, but not secretly, alcoholic aunt, Cindy, who goes to your shows because they're an excuse to drink, but then gets too drunk and accidentally hits on you sometimes, and it's scary. You know what is so creepy right now? People, if you write in about Cindy, I'll bring her in. She'll have an (laughs) hour-long special, motherfuckers. You know what is so creepy? I have, no joke, an Aunt Cindy. Like, you called it before you even, like, knew. Like, you're one with her before, like, I even told you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no internet stalking involved. None at all. <laughs> this is a surprise to me. I know. I'm, I'm Well, then I'm flattered. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, like, you should definitely do that. Like, tell people. It's, it's very inside baseball. Like, hey, guys, um, you probably don't know who Daryl Williams is. Maybe you know who D. Williams is. Uh, but I'm saying uh, I'm going to be doing a few of his uh, family members for you uh, for the next couple of minutes. I uh, hope you like it. <laughs> I think I could make it work. Yeah. I feel good about it. Yeah. You okay. go in from my mom into my dad into my sister. Yeah. Yeah. To your aunt. Aunt. Yeah. I'm going to do your cat and at then, some point. Your oh. cat just judges you all the time. But could also you? sees you as a source of amusement. Oh, yeah. Like a captor. Like and a, and you're locked source, in the for cat's sure. basement. <laughs> and the cat is playing with you for its own amusement. Back again? Yes. Good stuff. That was, that was, I'm sorry that I had to cancel like that. Just a personal emergency came up. Mm. Um... I know it's like a week later, but where did we leave off? <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff has happened. Um, I've lost a leg. Um, yeah, I've I found... noticed that. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up. I thought that maybe you would, but I didn't want to yeah. be that person. It was in a, a horrible uh, firework accident. You know? Makes sense. Yeah. You know, 4th of July. Just happened. Mm. <laughs> what kind of firework uh, could do the kind of damage of blowing your leg off? Um, it was one of those worms. One of those giant, like, you know, rubber worms that just expand as you light them. 
Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. At first, I was just thinking <laughs> of that movie Tremors, mm-hmm. and that's all I yes, could think a of. A tremor hit me. Uh, a tremor got you. Not <laughs> tremors in the medical condition, but tremor as in the fictional worm creature that lives in the desert and can sense heat. Wait, wait, wait. This one's not falling for it. This one ain't dumb. He's trying to trick us. Use your bob. This bastard ain't smarter than us. For Christ's sake, Val. I'm gonna go for it. Go for what? Yep. And then in one film, grow legs. <laughs> they noticed that we were uh, lighting off fireworks in a mm, tremor just hit the me. Heat, the heat. Yes. It sensed it. This actually uh, makes perfect sense. The same way my grandfather went. It was the same. Tremors? Yep, tremor. But the medical condition this yeah, time. Yeah, he actually, yeah, <laughs> didn't eat well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what causes them. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. A lot of cutty sark. Yep. Um, that, I mean, that's eating very well, <laughs> in my opinion. I can't afford that. Nope. Nope. He made a lot of bad life choices. <laughs> but he, But you know what? He was a great man. Cutty Sark wasn't one of them. Cutty Sark. Make your night into an evening. <laughs> man, you should be like a writer of ads. I should be a writer of literally anything. And yet... <laughs> Here I am, waitress extraordinaire. Well, I'm sure you've written, yeah, some some cool waitress uh, anecdotes in your stand-up. I have. I've also just written them down in the traumatized parts of my brain forever. <laughs> That's also where they live. Not so much jokes as uh, just thoughts of my life and where it went horribly wrong. If you Okay, here's <laughs> the thing, though. If you're a waitress, you see everything. Yeah. If you want to hear the worst stories you've ever heard yes. of, like, just humans in public, ask a waitress. What's one of your worst waitress stories? Okay, this is a recent one, which I love, but it's incredibly sad, and I just... But that's why I love it, is it's so horrible that I can't help but laugh at it. It's so upsetting. Um, so, let's see, there was this guy who came to my restaurant recently... And he seemed like, like L.A. businessman type. Like he walked in on his phone with like his like nine or ten year old kid or whatever. Was it a Bluetooth like headset device? If only. No, it was an iPhone. <laughs> and he sat down. And I gave them their menus and I introduced myself to them. And he didn't look at me and he just kept talking onto his phone. He had this like nine year old little boy with him. It seemed very weekend dad situation. Right. And I came back to check on them in a little bit and he was off the phone. Uh, and he was just like, oh, we're still looking, you know, thank you. He was cordial, but also very, like, he just got the sense, was like, wow, I didn't know that you could blow off a person who you don't know at all, but you can, and it's your waitress, like, that kind of attitude about right, it. Right, right, right. And then, uh, I was going to go back out and check on them, and they got up and left. And what? I went to the ladies at the next table, because I saw the tail end of it, but I asked them, like, what's the story? Because I saw them leave, and the little kid was upset, and apparently, um... The dad, who'd been on the phone the whole time, and then he was, like, emailing and texting and stuff like that, uh, looked up at his, like, nine-year-old kid or whatever. The women at the table next to him told me. He looked up at him, and he was like, oh, when does your baseball game start? And apparently the little kid said, half an hour ago, nice. and started <laughs> crying. 
<laughs> and so then he grabbed him and dragged him out of the restaurant because not for the baseball game, but because he wouldn't stop crying. Awesome. It was horrible. They came back half an hour later. Hmm. So they hmm. didn't make that game. Was he even wearing a baseball uniform? He was. Awesome. It was really sad. <laughs> so that didn't clue him in on like, it was like probably something like, you know, he saw the angels on a TV screen and was like, oh yeah, I'm probably should There's be. no to- TV screens there. It's just <laughs> his child in a uniform and he knows he's supposed to do this. Right, right. And then he just didn't. <laughs> That's awesome. And let's hope that that kid later becomes you know the next bill gates because i would assume that that type of adversity only breeds you know winners you know if he was super supportive yeah he's gonna have a loving dad but that kid's gonna be a puss healthy relationships in his adult life Mm -hmm. uh better chance great five minutes for this kid when he becomes 21 yeah i mean like fuck having a better chance at a (laughs) successful marriage uh and a more trauma-free life in this human life that's already hard enough. Yes. Fuck that. That's not what matters. Material gains. Was this kid white? Let's all be the traumatized genius who kills themselves at 27. <laughs> well, 27 is the golden age to die. It's the golden age. Yeah, that's true. If you're going to be an artist. 27 club. Yeah. You're almost there, right? Yeah, two, two years. Two, two years. more years, and then you can kick the bucket and be made called it. an artist. I made it through 25, which is pretty good. Have you thought about renting a car now? Ooh. You can now rent a car because you're 25. I would like to, but I don't have the monetary necessities. Right. Okay, guys. Money to do that. Uh, Kickstarter. I'm gonna set up account an account for uh, all of you guys to donate some money so April can rent a car and just drive it to someplace awesome. Hi, my name's April June. <laughs> I already own a car, but you know what? I'm trying to live life to its fullest. Right. <laughs> this season on E, watch me as I go discover myself by renting a car and leaving my car at home to drive my rented car around the country, meet a whole bunch of new people, have some new experiences, which probably will be a lot of the same experiences I've already had. You want to be a part of this of making my dreams and in a way, America's dreams come true. Donate now. <laughs> Donate today. Because you know what? When you see someone in need, where I come from, which is Seattle, Washington, where they don't have this accent. <laughs> when you see someone in need, you help out. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. That is such a good a Kickstarter. We're going to get so much money for you to get your car rental. Like, what kind of car do you want to rent? I would rent a motorcycle because I haven't oh. ridden a motorcycle in a while and I miss it. You have a, a motorcycle license. Yeah. What? I had a motorcycle in Seattle. Wow. You were like that cool. Yes. Like, cool. I don't think if I seriously think if I didn't have comedy or Eric Escobar in my life, I wouldn't know you. And if I did meet you, you would be like, you're you're dumb. Like, get away from me. You're dumb and you're weird. I'm like that sometimes right now and I know you. <laughs> I'm like, I like Daryl. I have to remind myself. I'm like, wait, no, no, no. Yep. He's he's fine. He's, he's right. fine. He's, Just yeah. he, he's he just stands a bit too close to people sometimes. He's <laughs> just like weird and bald, but it's cool. That's so's Eric. You know, Eric's weird and bald. Yeah, as he can, long as like be bald like is second. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. Okay, we really do have to take a break right now because I need to pee. All right, let's do that. Okay. Another break. Do you think that uh, you could do like me? You know, like... I definitely know for a fact that I could do you. <laughs> oh, let's hear easy, that. Easy, easy. Okay, but who am I talking to? 
Um, let me play. Uh, I'll play. Um, you play either of your parents. I've already done them both better. Okay. So like, I would do a third party. How about you. I do my brother? Yeah, let's do your brother. Okay. Okay. Uh, what's the scene? Open so on the. Open my brother's on name the scene. is Kyle. No, shut up! I oh, don't okay. want four notes. I'm an improviser. Okay. How dare you disrespect me like that? <laughs> you don't want to know names. No. Okay. Open on scene. Growing up, high school years. Okay. Between so bedrooms. He's five years younger than me. So. Uh, Good. Okay. Fantastic. He'll be in high school. You'll be in high school. I'll be in junior high. Oh, uh, hey, Kyle. What's going on, Daryl? Oh, you know, just stuff. Like, I totally have a girlfriend, and, you know, you're an idiot, and I give you a noogie. <laughs> hey, stop doing that. Like, stop rubbing it in that you have a no! girlfriend. Like, I don't I care. Won't. You don't have a girlfriend. You're not a real man in the eyes of this household. I hate girls. Like, they're fucking icky right now. They're gross right now? Yeah. I don't like them. But you know what? I thought they were gross at your age, too. Yeah? And then I started balding, and I needed something to prove my manhood. And nothing did like a hot babe with my arm around her casually feeling up that left titty. Okay. Speak up, younger brother! <laughs> um, that's a little, like, descriptive. I didn't know that you were feeling- I just want you to know about me! What's that, What's that titty feel like? Feels like- feels like bag creamed corn. I hate cream corn. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, but do you like feeling it? I kind of do, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Someday you'll get you some creamed corn. Not so, too early, though. You don't get no chicks pregnant. Okay? I, I thought it would feel like mashed potatoes. Wrong. Cream corn. Maybe if they're fake. Cream of wheat. Some do, sort of cream, though. Do they taste like cream corn? No. What do they taste like? They taste like mama's stuffing at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Like stovetop? Yes, but with the consistency of cream of corn. Oh, oh. You blow my mind. Like Just savory. Titty sounds so awesome. And like you throw a little salt on theirs, so you throw some jalapenos in there, add some real flavor to it. So you're saying t nipples are spicy? No, I'm saying you can make them spicy. Oh, okay. Like, I have a lot to learn. You know how you get... Okay, younger brother? Yeah. You know I love you, right? I do now. Despite all the noogies, I'm giving you a noogie right now. Oh, oh, How does okay. that make you feel? Yeah, it makes me feel loved. Good. Boobs? Yeah. You can lick them and touch them however oh. you want, but they're just like they're just like a boxed cake mix. You want a regular cake, you can have a regular cake, but you want an extraordinary cake? Yeah. You add some chocolate chips to that mix. You add some egg yolks, some butter instead of the oil. You lift it up a little bit. You ever been on Pinterest? It'll tell you a lot about boobs and about how to add flavor to them. Oregano? You ever heard of oregano? You're going to want to know about oregano. So you're putting oregano in cake? No, on boobs! <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, so a lot of girls that have boobs are into food porn? No, but I am. <laughs> I, I get it. Like, I totally understand that you wouldn't be into that because... I know that your your dad and mom hate each you other. You mean our dad and mom. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You fucking idiot. <laughs> I didn't remember that we were mar our parents were married to one another. <laughs> that we were married? That's a secret between you and me. That's nothing to do with mom and dad. You don't ever tell anyone about that. You don't ever tell anyone about that. No, I, I won't. I won't. <laughs>
You better not. Hey, now that you've told me a little bit about yourself, like, how about we play some video games instead? I think we need to get to those post-nuptials. <laughs> Scene. That's my impression of you. Thanks. With your younger sibling. Thanks. Oh, man, that is, like, clearly, like, verbatim what I would say to my brother. For sure. I watched the tapes, like, a few times of, like, your home videos in order to, like, get it down. Man, <laughs> thanks. So you're welcome. Oh, man, you are, like, a, literally, like, a a savant when it comes to mimicry. Yes. You have... I am only good at one thing and nothing else in life. <laughs> Just I that. cannot recognize human faces. No. <laughs> I had a, a a recent bit about my brother uh, about how I couldn't tell him that I was masturbating, so I created a disease called. No, I heard this bit. <laughs> oh, you did. Okay, so I don't have to. I'm tell just it. gonna say it's a very cruel bit, just in terms of he's gonna grow up and know what it is, <laughs> and he's gonna be upset by that knowledge. I told it the first time I said it. Literally, was when he was in the audience. The only how reason did go over? I came did he bring up, with... it up to you. Hmm. Did he bring it up to you? No. It was one of those bits where I had in my pocket and I was just like waiting for the right time. And then like he decided to come see me at some open mic. Like I do. And I was like, hey, he's in the audience. I'll bust out this bit because at least he's going to laugh. So I'll get at least him to laugh. And then like it went all right. But I'll admit it didn't go like I've done it a few times after he's been in the audience and it didn't work as well. Do you think that it would work better if you took all the people who are in the audience and then masturbated in the same room as them, but made up a disease about it and tried to, like, con them in and then did a show about it where they all realized you were just jerking off? Maybe. Because I think maybe that's your next step <laughs> based on your description of it and how you came up with it and who Right, right. It. I, I feel like I do have an, a lot of masturbation material, so, like, my next Don't step... Don't we all? Yeah, my next step should be just to masturbate on stage. Don't do that. <laughs> nope. It's that's, my advice. Don't do too, that. Too far? <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. Okay. Um, so we're trying to get through shit before the end of the yeah, thing. Twitter, Twitter. Oh, yeah, talk to me about Twitter. Yes. I'm going to explain to you my Twitter account and the many jokes on it that no one will ever understand except for me, and I'll love them. Yeah. And I'll blame the rest of you for not understanding them. Go for it. God, I have so many stupid text messages. Fuck this shit. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. I you like having so popular. friends. Oh, goody. I'm not. I got a Twitter like three years ago, and I never figured out how to use it. And Do you then, want like, to give out the Twitter name? April Hotshaw, look me up. I don't know. I'm April. not. I don't know what it is. Just search my name. But I started using it for real, and I don't. I'm not certain if it's enjoyable to anyone but me. But goddamn, is it enjoyable to me? Mom and Dad don't follow my Twitter. Anyhow, <laughs> April Hotshaw, uh, let me just let me have your reaction to some of my most recent tweets. All right, which I love, which are things that just bring me joy. My funeral's going to be an open casket. List out at 7, show starts at 7.30. <laughs> Let's see. This one's terrible. Uh, about to go see the millennial version of the boss baby. Hashtag baby driver. <laughs> because there feels like many fewer job opportunities for millennials and for positions where you can move up to being a boss. Did you see boss baby? I did not see boss baby. That's true, actually. Oh, no. I've only seen the trailer. Why are you devaluing my tweet oh no uh, why did you see baby driver no but i'm planning to oh it's really good that's only a small lie the other one's a big lie 
Okay. Uh, as a single woman at 25, I really thought I'd have a cat by now. <laughs> that it, one's just accurate. No, that's very true. Yeah, why don't you? You can have my cat. No, you can't. But I don't I mean, want your cat. I want a better cat. Yeah, you can have a better cat for sure. But definitely get a cat. Right? It'll uh, change your life. No, I, it, I'm i waiting for a dog. I'm saving up for a dog. Mm. What kind of dog? Sheba. What's a Sheba? A Sheba. Where it has like a big face that's mm-hmm. like has this big face of fur and then it's this cute little thing that hates everyone except for you <laughs> so it's like that's a pocket size or it's like medium size okay look it up online motherfucker i will hey guys the internet here the dog april is referring to is the shiba imu this breed was brought to america from japan as recently as 60 years ago shibas are growing in popularity in the west and are already the most popular breed in their homeland their white markings combined with their coloring red, red sesame, or black and tan, and their alert expression and smooth stride makes them almost fox-like. They're sturdy, muscular dogs with a bold, confident personality to match, and they're damn cute. I just want to squish their little faces. Okay, back to the show. Okay. Okay. We're going to go through a few more of my tweets. Go for it. I tweeted this because I couldn't think of joke formatting for it, but I said mouse trap. But as in Mao, as in Chairman Mao, and then mouse trap. <laughs> But I was thinking about the game Mousetrap. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out a joke for it, so I had just... You're going to make like a North Korean version traps. of Mousetrap? Be a Chinese version, technically speaking. I thought... But yes. Oh, yeah. Chairman Mao. Mao. Chairman Mao right. is not from North Korea. Right. It's Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-il, Kim jong illest at the chillest, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, and that is definitely not a cool, like, Kim Jong-il trap. No, it doesn't work. Does No, it's not the same, you know? You got to, like, find your market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we're going to... All of my tweets require explanations. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to give you the ones that have the explanations that require the most explaining. Got it. So that no one will enjoy them. Thanks. <laughs> um, I have a quote from Shakespeare. Yeah. Mo Widows in them, but then we bring men to comfort the faults of your own from The Tempest. And I have a photo of it. I just say Mo Widows, Mo Problems. <laughs> Hashtag Drake Spear. It's from The Tempest. Um, no one will enjoy that ever. It's fine. Not even Drake. I mean, you can dream. Um, <laughs> if you're going to buy me a drink, can it be a gallon of milk? Because I need that. Thank you. Um, and also, this one's a deep cut, but also not really that much. Where's Luke Wilson's buddy comedy with Jackie Chan? Hashtag Shanghai estranged father. <laughs> because Owen Wilson has his buddy comedies with Jackie Chan, which is Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. Yep. But Shanghai Noon is a play on Shanghai being high noon. So I did Shanghai estranged fathers and playing it to be like, hi, estranged <laughs> father, because that's the kind of shit that Luke Wilson's generally in. I was really, that took me a long time to think of, and I don't think anyone else knows what it means. It's funnier when you explain it. That's not a good thing. But also, <laughs> I accept it for that, because I think I knew that's what it was going to be. It's fine. It's fine. It's not what it should be, but you know what? We're not living in the perfect world. Nope, we are not. You are, you are definitely an anomaly, but you have good tweets. I like them. I think I do. Yeah. Guys, follow me on Twitter if you exist. I'm not at, sure if you do, but if you do, at do it. April Lotshaw, for sure. I don't, just search it and you'll maybe, you'll find me, probably, I don't know. Yeah.
All right, one last bit. We're going into the celebrity interview with only because uh, this interview was solely because you and Taylor Swift are the same age. What? Yep, you're both 25. You were why both. Would you, why would you tell me that? Because uh, aren't you and T Swift like besties? I mean, yeah, because we're both white and blonde, but mm-hmm. like, I don't ha- like to have it rubbed in. Oh, like you don't want to like have it rubbed in that like at seventeen she was already crushing number one records. I mean, at seventeen, I had a lot of like thoughts and opinions on America's Next Top Model. <laughs> so in a way, just as relevant, but you know, yeah. I mean, you're you're just as much of a, of a force in the public eye. But let's get into this uh, interview. You can answer it. as do in it. the uh, you know in the character of T Swift. I'm not going to do that. Or you can just be yourself. I'm gonna do that one. Okay. So first question is, what has been your most embarrassing moment? My most embarrassing moment, just in general. You have to answer yep. these also. Oh, just I so do. You know. Okay. No, you do. Okay. Um, my most man. Everything is embarrassing. Probably, maybe my 11th birthday party. Okay. Where I invited multiple people and only one person came, uh, and oh. then I was blowing out the candles on my cake. With my, one friend. My hair caught on fire. Oh. <laughs> so, like, that hurt. That is pretty embarrassing. But not a lot of people saw it, right? Cause yeah, but now they're hearing about it. Oh, okay. I'm sure they're definitely listening. Like, I didn't go to April's party. But... I got the invite, <laughs> but I was like, mm, lame. And you yeah. know what? I would have gone if I knew that she caught on fire because <laughs> I could have Instagrammed it. Right? <laughs> okay, so my most embarrassing moment was probably when I shit my pants at work. What? I was working at the world-famous Tilly's clothing store at 19 years old. Like you do. And it was my, like, probably second or third shift that I've ever worked there. Nice. And I had a cold or some sort of, like, <laughs> flu or some some sort of illness. And since it was my third day of, like, being scheduled, I couldn't call in. I felt like, oh, yeah. I, you know, I got to go in. Yeah. But I was horribly sick. Not to make excuses. So I'm working there. And then I fucking, like, do this, like, cough slash sneeze slash shit my pants move. Classic. And then, like, I go into the bathroom. And then I decide, like, okay, I'm going to ditch these underwear. And then just free ball it the rest of the shift. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to, like, sit in shit pants yeah, the rest no, of the Yeah, no, no, reasonably. What happens? So then I, I put it in the dumpster or in the trash can in the bathroom cut to like 45 minutes later somebody goes who put shit boxers in the dumpster (laughs) what'd you do and i totally was like i don't know who you (laughs) what what i totally played dumb but of course everybody in the like store is like oh yeah it's the new guy so then cut to a week later the manager comes up to me and goes sorry bro it's not working out (laughs) you're gonna have (laughs) Uh to like turn in your tilly's badge and your buckle your your you know your seatbelt belt. <laughs> your gun, your badge. Yep. Turn yep. it in because you shit in the. Not allowed to shit at a crime scene. <laughs> you put boxers full of shit into a, t- a trash bin, and we can't have that by with our employees. <laughs> <laughs> That's really understandable, though. Right. It was one of those things. Like in retrospect, I was like, okay, where else would I put it? I guess anywhere else but that place. But also. 
who would go dumpster diving just randomly and go, oh, there's some shit boxers in here. You know what you should have done? Ladies' restroom. Oh. Who would have thought you'd be that weird and perverted hmm. put in the ladies' restroom? True. That would be way more of a reach. True. And then I could A def- lady with shit-covered boxers? Like, you call me. I'll tell them that's me any day of the week. I'll be like, oh, yeah, no, that happened. Right. I just do that sometimes. But, It'd be fine. But also, like, how come nobody said, like, hey, man, uh, it appears to be you're, you're kind of sick. Why don't you go home? Instead of let's ridicule him for fucking uh, putting shit boxers in the toilet, or not in the toilet, but in the uh, refuse bin. It's your third day there. I know. Nobody has to yep. say that to you. And, and they won't. I, and I will this say, weird. I was totally 90s out. I had my ball bearing necklace. I had my spiky blonde hair. I was rocking it. So what you're saying is that you deserved it. I did. I did. This was a lesson. Okay, keep going. Keep okay. going on your interview. <laughs> Here's your next T-Swift question. Do you have any acting aspirations? In every day of my life as a waitress, yes. I want to seem like I'm happy. <laughs> is it pretty cliche that you are a waitress and you're trying to become famous? Yes. <laughs> be fair, though, I'm not necessarily trying to become famous. I'm trying to become, like, Mitch Hedberg famous, where, like, a small group of people are like, you're amazing, and you're like, yeah, and everyone else is like, that's dumb, and then you right. die too early, and you have a cult fan base. I feel like that's much more achievable to well, me than, like, regular fame. Regular fame sounds gross. I will definitely like you a lot more once you died. That's how I think a lot of people feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Once she's dead, she's going to be remembered forever. But then also that's the point. It's where it's like, when you're dead, how much do you care? But then it's that same thing. It's like, well, you know, I'll change people's lives. They're coming for me. think they're weird. And then I'll be there. And uh, 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 But also I'll be dead, so I don't care. <laughs> but it's I think true. that's the best I can hope for. It's very true. Next question. If you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Like anything? Yeah, you're just having one-on-one dinner at, like, you know, a really cool CPK. Conan O'Brien. You and Conan, yeah. No problem. You're sharing a barbecue chicken pizza, just you and him. I started watching Conan O'Brien when I was in the fourth grade. Nice. And I never stopped. I watch him... That is my homepage of my computer today. Is whenever I open up the internet, it goes Conan O'Brien. And you're clearly like a huge Simpsons fan, then. Yes. Awesome. That is necessary. I mm-hmm. love the Simpsons. The monorail episode, of course. I mean, clearly monorail, but also I feel like there are better episodes by the same writers. So, but not to get into the technicalness of it, but you know, just mm-hmm. same writers worked on some amazing episodes, and all anyone knows is the monorail episode who are <laughs> geeks, but the real geeks know episodes like Summer of Four Foot Two and things like that, where Whoa. it's the same writers, but also it's a much more interesting character development arc than. Uh, but that's how I am when I am on my own at home. That's how <laughs> I sound. I immediately go into a higher pitched voice of my own voice. And I get much more annoying about it and judgmental, where I'm like, you're a fucking idiot for thinking that. Me. <laughs> that's how I say everything. I love like, that even, character. Even to myself in the mirror. 
Like, you really think moisturizer is gonna fix that? Really? And then I have to live with it. <laughs> Terrible. All right, next question. Next question. Who's a musical hero to you? David Bowie. Easy. David Bowie. Nice. Nice. I like Bowie. Easy. All right, next question. Who? What's the most unusual thing in your purse? Dude, let's take a look. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Boom. Well, notebook. We have a, a notebook That's for easy. writing. Different notebook. Another notebook. Wallet. A wallet full of money. Yeah. Um, cliff bar. Oh, cliff bar. I don't eat enough. I thought those were pads. Hair thing. What do you think pads look like? Uh, cliff bars. Natural. <laughs> I have, have an uh, old iPod. That's pretty weird. IPod. Like yep. like an actual iPod. Okay. Though, from like. Yeah, that's ver- version one. Twelve years one. ago, like yeah. twelve years ago, that was high school. Oh, that's an iPod Slim. Let's see, chapstick, uh, mint. Uh, yeah, I'm chapsticks, sure. mints. That's not really unusual. I haven't seen really anything unusual in this purse yet. Tampons. That's, that's kind of unusual. I mean, for it is, but it's not, not really for a girl. Probably the most unusual thing is just how old my iPod is. Yeah. But it has all my music. Or on the it. fact that your purse is like, you know. Kind of like a messenger bag, but also not. I'm not that girly, right? You know, I'm 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 I have yeah. the stuff. I'm blonde. I'm I go with have all that fucking shit. But you know what? I'm not that girly. <laughs> you're girly. I don't. Like, I refuse no, like, to wear. You're, you're girly, I refuse but only to wear shorts or skirts or mm. dresses to mics if I can help it. I haven't seen you, yeah, in dresses or I just female I don't attire. Want to. Because you're making a firm stance, as, or you just... No, because too many people weirdly hit on me at mics, and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to just play this down as, as much as, as I yeah. can. As soon as you look a little bit girly, people are just like, oh, I want to hit that. No, because oh, they do man. it anyways. So uh, this is my attempt to counteract, my failed attempt to counteract it. Like, like I'm wearing this shirt today, mm. which is an amazing shirt. My friend yeah. Audrey got it for me. It is... $5. It's a turtleneck, but the main reason I'm wearing it is because it's covering up a hickey that oh. I have right now, Whoa. which I don't want people to know about Hey-o. because that's just I just I don't need people to make judgments about terrible decisions right. I've made in my life. And you actually just got point. attacked by a vacuum or No, like it was like it was it was this vacuum cleaner and like it just like went the wrong place mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I started making out with it and then it sucked on my neck. Yes. So and then you later and I told got a it, hickey. Why did you do that? I was like that was weird. We were both drunk, I get it, but like let's not tell anyone. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, so the iPod is probably the most unusual thing. The iPod thing. is a really old iPod. Yeah. Do you, I don't know how to tell how old a piece of technology is. Do you? Um, you could probably tell by like the version it's, it, it is. How do you know what version it is, though? It's just um, this version. I got it like five yeah. or eight years ago or something. Okay, so that's like, yeah, five or, or eight years old. That's not helpful. <laughs> Let's move on, because this is the most boring thing I've ever heard. Okay, next question. Do you ever wish you were older? Never. No. Never. No. Because I'm going to get older later, and older is just closer to death. Got it. <laughs> Theoretically speaking. Have you ever gotten inked? Yes. Is it awesome? Yes. Are you still cool with what you got? 
Yes. That's awesome. I think I have seen your tattoo before. Have you? Maybe. Do you have a tattoo? I don't. No? I do not. No. Are you a sophomore in college? <laughs> yep. With... I was almost going to get one at one point, but I just never did. I was going to get one that was going to be me and my sister. since we're... That's a terrible tattoo. That's mm. a good thing that you didn't get it. <laughs> it was going to be a, a, a Pisces logo. Yeah. Oh, good. I will. Want, I do want to see yours, yes. I feel like you already have, but you might not have. Give me a sec. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I like it. And did you... It is. And what was your reasoning to get it? I drank tequila for three days with my best friend, Audrey. <laughs> and, and afterwards? Not, oh, well, it was a three-day process. We were drinking tequila, and we're like, let's get tattoos! And we went into the tattoo place, and we're like, let's do that. And yeah. I'm like, great. What do you want? And then we went home, we drank tequila, and we found our designs. We brought them back. So you then we drank more. The same thing? Then no, different things. Then we drank more tequila, and then we went and got our tattoos. She got a spider. I got the universe. I will. I will say the universe is probably better. I don't know because she loves spiders, and you wow. are the universe. I don't know that I love it. Who I loves think spiders? Though? I'm in awe of it. I don't know that I love it. Who loves spiders? Audrey loves spiders. Shout out, Audrey Zarin. So what was your original, like, yes, universe? I want that. Okay, well, it was a design that I saw. It was a, you think that you're going to get a tattoo, and you're like, maybe I'll get a tattoo, and then someone's like, cool, decide on a design in the next one and a half days. And you're like, oh, fuck. Hmm. And I found these really old textbook designs of different patterns in stars and constellations, stuff like that. Right. Um... And I chose one of those, which my tattoo artist decided to not do a careful rendition of. Uh, but I took anyways, because I didn't know. Um, and But I just chose that, because I was like, ah, fuck it. And I did it. And it was great. But also, at the same time, it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't what I expected. But I accept it for what it is. I'd have to show you the original picture. Yeah. I, I would, which means I would have to find it, which would take like at least <laughs> half an hour. Right. Well, we're not going to have that be our listeners' uh, next thirty minutes. Although it would be a wonderful, riveting, yeah, thirty minutes. Very good podcast. Guys, remember me from before. Tune in every time I'm on this podcast, and you'll get similar, just amazing stories. <laughs> All right. Next question. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, wow. Good movie. Very Wes good Anderson. movie. Me and Nick Merritt, last episode, we're just talking about how cool Wes Anderson is. Really? Mm-hmm. I adore, I love Wes Anderson so fucking much. He's just, uh, he's coming out with a new movie in August, I think. I was hearing Jeff Goldblum talking about it. He is. It's the one where it's in, like, Japanese font and it's about dogs or some yes. weird shit like that. But it'll be Wes Anderson, so awesome. No, I know. I'm going to go see it anyways. I don't care. I... I'll admit my uh, favorite is probably Steve Zizou. Okay. Can I just say? Mm. That's maybe my favorite as well. It's just Royal Tenenbaums. I've probably seen more than any other film. Right. But Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou is just one of... It's just it's perfect. It's brilliant. Did you ever see the Coen Brothers film... What the fuck is it? Um, 
the Coen Brothers film uh, about the musician. What is it? Oh, right. Uh, uh, Lulin Davis or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lulin Davis or something. Yes. Whatever. Um, it was good. Did you, you thought it was good? I did see it. It I, was a little depressing, but still no, good. No, it is. But from a creative standpoint, I loved it. Mm. I thought it was beautiful because he did everything he could do in every situation he did everything right and it all turned out wrong and that's exactly how it is where we have these beautiful films about making it or about reaching your goals or whatever and there's there's just this sad Llewellyn Davis that's what it is um inside Llewellyn Davis uh but there's the sad reality that you can do everything right and it just fucking won't work out and I loved that. But also, it, you know what, though? I heard criticism of it. The same type I heard for um, Wes Anderson's The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. There's the idea of not even criticism, just commentary, where it was, this is a very cynical view to be placed forward by uh, filmmakers who are very prominent and very successful. And... I felt that, though, where I'm like, I get it, though, because it's no matter how successful you are, that's always there. It's the idea of you're, if you might be this now, you might be it later, who knows, but there's just that hack who just has something in his heart which he's trying to do, um, which either he's putting a real effort towards or he's not or whatever, but, like, no matter how hard you try, sometimes it just won't work out, which is why I love those narratives. And it's definitely not a narrative that you see in cinema a lot. No, no, it's no. you know Definitely everybody not. has the happy ending at the end. You know, it's, I love Coen Brothers where it's like it's not an ending, it's not a happy ending. It's just it just ends. You yeah, know? It, it just the story's continuing, but you as a listener and a viewer on it, you know, you can't keep watching. You don't know what the actual end is. This yeah. is the end of the story. It's being told. It's not the end of the story of this character. Yeah, and you just get a glimpse for a moment of what this guy is. That's the entire that's artistry it. of it, is coming up with this character, coming up with what's going on, all that stuff, and then deciding what are the important parts that I'm going to show. Yeah. Without a doubt. Have you ever thought about writing a movie? Yes, I have. I'd like to. And have you already started, or have you just come up with ideas? Or I've written sketch before. I've written sketch, and I've also written pilots, but I've never written a feature-length script. I've just done sort of um, experimental, smaller things. So, we'll wait and see. All right, getting back to the interview. T-Swift. T-Swift, bringing it back. What career path do you think you would go down besides singing? Deep sea fisherman. <laughs> that's not a joke. That's just true. I always thought that I would like that. Just being on a boat for a long time and just yes, like, like get fish, like deadliest catch. Yes, that's exactly what I want to do. I you, love fishing. You just want to be on a boat. I just want to be on a boat. Puget I Sound. Just like have gristle and just like just stare oh, no. into the sunset and not please squint don't at grow all. A beard. Please don't. Dude, I mean, if I didn't strategically pluck hairs from my face, I would have a beard right now. I mean, you can grow, like, hair on your veg, just not your face. I know, I'm just saying, it does grow on my face. That's <laughs> the harsh, cold reality. Well, shave this that. Is, 
very careful the fact yeah. that you see no beard on me. Mm. Naturally, I have just the most like beautiful full neck beard you could imagine. <laughs> it just it's like it a like ah, uh, it is. I'm like the weirdest nerd you could find <laughs> at any convention ever in terms of just like if I stopped caring for my chin hairs, they would have a life of their own. <laughs> Well, at least they'd be, like, blonde, so they wouldn't be, like, that prominent. You'd think so, but honestly, take a, tell you what, take a look at them when I'm about to pluck, and then tell me your opinion then. So, <laughs> you know, it's a different world. It's a different world. All right, last question. Now that you've graduated college, will you move into your own home? What, what's the, what do you mean by own home? I guess your own residence. Do you mean like, will I continue to rent a room away from my family, or like, will you find like an apartment or like yeah, your own? Yeah, like, will living? you find your own place that you can call just yourself? As this is my residence, just me. No, that's nope. my answer. I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I can't afford to do that. I don't understand entirely how people do that. It's tough. It's definitely tough. You know, it's a crazy world. But hey, if you uh, shave your beard, I think you'll be a little closer to it. I don't shave it. I pluck it, oh, okay. which is better than shaving because it grows back in less quickly. Like a Brazilian, you just like exactly, rip it off. Exactly, yeah, you just rip it off. Mm-hmm. Rip mm-hmm. it off. Nice. So, you know. Well, April, I think that was a, a great interview in the form of T-Swift. I think so. Also, I do think... we want to have one last moment between you and your father? Sure, sure. Now that I'm more drunk than I was before. Okay, Dad. Fabulous. Dad? Yeah? What do you think about April? April is so cool, right? She's like one of my best friends, and I know she doesn't have like double Ds, but she's still cool, right? Who? <laughs> The girl that's standing next to me, April. Uh, is this one of your? Is this one of your uh, high school friends? This one of your tenders? What is? I don't know. I'm supposed to react. She's my one of my comedy buddies. We're not like dating. She's just a friend. Uh, just like all the rest of them are just friends, aren't they? Well, not all of them, but yeah, a couple were. I do have friends that are. Tell you close. what. Tell you what. Ask me to listen when you bring home an actual woman. <laughs> Who actually is interested because you know the rest of them is just they're using you and that's fine. It's fine to be used for a while, but you know what? I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I want to have to be there as your father. Well, but what is she using me for? Like friendship? The game is on and you're talking over it. <laughs> I didn't know you were such a huge sports fan. Only when you're around, son. <laughs> Only when you're around. I'm going to need you to quiet down. Oh, okay. Well, do you think, like, we could, like, take your car for a spin? Like, maybe go around, like, the town square? I just... You think you could fill my car with gas from the last two times? You took it out? Do you think you could fill it twice? <laughs> maybe you could fill it once and then come back two weeks from now when it's empty and then fill it again? I, I guess. Yeah, I could do that. Then fine, you can take it out. I don't know why you're making this such a big deal. So, do you like April or, or not? Could you hand me that magazine next to you? That Playboy? Yeah. Sure. Just sh- hand... Just... Thank you. Here you go. What were you asking? Uh, if you liked my friend April. She's fine. Like, you like her personality, or you find her attractive? Because I don't care, like, either way. Son, when are you going to realize? Women are good for one thing. What's that? Intimate connections that they then break when they divorce you. (laughs) 
<laughs> that sounds awesome, Dad. Son, just put your line in the water. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know we were on a boat, but that's cool. Yeah. Been on a boat the whole time, son. Whoa, okay. Whole time. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. I'm glad April has her life preserver on. I haven't even heard a single word out of this. <laughs> April, who you brought with you. So, you know, just stop pretending. It's just, it's you and me. We both know it's just you and me. I thought Daryl was gay. Is that her? <laughs> I I think so. That was her. Oh, I like her. I like her attitude. <laughs> you do need a life preserver. I'm glad that she pointed that out. Go put it on, son. Put it on. Okay. That April saying okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad she's concerned with your health. All right, I think that's a scene. There's a scene for the boat scene, (laughs) second boat scene of the episode. That is. All right, guys, I think we're just about out of time thank april again for coming in and sharing just a little bit of her time yeah if you guys want to hit her up obviously go to her social media pages that she doesn't check out follow my twitter that i just learned how to use and also go to my social media of course at this comics life or you can go to the twitter account at the d stories or just write me on email at this comics life pod at gmail.com can you give me my plugs? Hit it up. Go for it. Bam. April Lashoff. Plugs. Renaissance Tree Care from the Zarin family in Seattle, Washington. You got a tree that needs care or trimming, anything like that? Go to the Zarin family. Family-owned business. Perfect. Beautiful. My Do best it. friend. Do it. All right. If you guys are in yeah, the say, Seattle area and you need some tree trimming, hit it up. But other than that, definitely... Thank you once again for uh, coming in, April. You are always uh, welcome on this podcast. What? what? And, of course, guys, uh, next week I will be having in Tony Bartoloni, as well as just a whole lot more of just what this uh, podcast is all about. So, in the meantime, just download uh, past episodes, rate and subscribe, and, of course, you're always listening to... (laughs) 